From Phoenix Fifth and New Dog Media, it's the Settle Smarter Podcast. If you're the kind of person who wears one mask at work, one on the drive, one for your partner, your kids, your kids' teachers, your boss, the post lady, and you look in the mirror and don't know who you see, this show is for you. Welcome to Settle Smarter Season 2, the authentic season, a safe place to take off your masks. And now, your hostess with the mostest, Dana Lukarimoto. Welcome back to Settle Smarter. Let's face it, we're all smart and we need to keep getting smarter. So in honor of this crazy year coming out of pandemic and then in some ways going back into it in a new viral way where things are yet again unknown, out of control, completely disruptive to regular life as we knew it, we decided to dedicate this show to five of our favorites. I want to do a big shout out, Sarah, Adria, Jordan, Lauren B, and John. You were so authentic. You were so open and authentically you throughout our podcast season and discussing all the things that help you as the voice uh, that we're featuring on this particular limited edition series show to help others to figure out where to settle and where not to settle, especially for our up and coming young people who are trying to make an impact, be their best selves and figure out what the heck to do in terms of how to navigate this crazy world we all find ourselves in. So, We're going to play a game. This is producer Paul's idea. So we're going to have five snippet highlight reel interviews from the podcast show and series. He's going to play some nice music in between so you get a little break. And I'm going to challenge you, dear listeners. Thank you for continuing to listen and send in questions and also ask for what you want us to cover. And we really appreciate it. The more you give us feedback, the better we are for you. So here's the game and the challenge for today. I want you to listen to all five featured guests, Sarah, Adria, Jordan, Lauren B, and John. This is a very short podcast. It's less than 30 minutes of your day. You can break it up into pieces. And I want you to actually send us a DM you can find me on Instagram, of course, at Settle Smarter. You can link in with me at Settle Smarter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Settle Smarter. You get the message at Settle Smarter. You don't even have to use my name, although you can. Uh, so I want you to go ahead and, and direct message me and the team and tell us your answer to this game show quiz. With all five of our featured guests, there's a thread. It's not easy to find the thread if you don't listen really carefully to what each of their wisdom is sharing with you. So I'm going to give you a couple hints. We cover topics everywhere across these five amazing and beautiful people that cover things like self-help, gratitude, pride, awakenings, procrastination, failure, uh, influencers, 
and the outside in versus inside out way of operating your life. So those are your clues. We have these five amazing featured guests. We have prizes. We have prizes. I know Paul said we need prizes. So prizes are as follows. One, for the first person to direct message us with their answer to the thread that connects all five of these seemingly disparate topics, yet ultimately, hint, hint, there's some subtle, smarter tools and tidbits and advice that all of them thread throughout. And there's another broad topic that we really talk about in every show. It was the inspiration for my book, Stop Settling, Settle Smart. Because let's face it, work-life balance is a myth and there's ways to redesign your busy life. And that's what it takes. Reprioritizing what energizes you, what de-energizes you, all the good stuff we always talk about on this show. And so the first person to send us a message on their theory, you don't even have to be right. Just try. Who cares, right? Because we talk about little lefts and failure. Put yourself out there. What's the thread that connects all five of these featured guests? And we'll send you a book. So make sure we get your address and we'll send you a signed copy of the book. And then if you want to go a little further with this contest in this game and you really want to put yourself out there, there's a bonus question. And if you get the bonus question right, you're going to get a phone call old school from me because I don't know about you all. I am sick of all the video chatting, Zoom, Teams, uh, WebEx, all of it. So Include your cell phone or the best way to reach you, and we'll schedule a time uh, that we can talk to one another for 15, 20 minutes about whatever it is you're most challenged by right now in terms of settling smarter and work-life integration and remember Harmony Beats Balance every time. If you're burning out because you're trying to balance, you need me. So let's give you 15, 20 minutes to really hyper-focus on whatever the issue is. Send us your best way to reach you, email and phone number, and we'll schedule you in via email, and then I will call you. And let's see what else. I guess that's it for now. So, Paul, we need to roll to the show. We need to let them hear these five incredible different voices yet look for the common thread that connects the voices in terms of the wisdom that they share across these five episodes and enjoy it and have fun with it and put yourself out there. And I'm feeling very generous today. The first five people to direct message us, they're going to get signed copies of the book. Let's do that. Who cares what it costs to ship from Hawaii? Remember, aloha. I am on Island now. So from Kauai, from my heart to yours, thank you for continuing to listen. May you enjoy this special limited edition series episode with five awesome guests and producer Paul, as always, from us to you. Thank you. In the gig economy, as it's called, some of us love that term, some of us don't. I I come from staffing of 25 years, so I'm not a huge fan of the term gig economy because it denotes sometimes less than, not part of, temporary, right? So some of the gig workers like yourself at your level 
aren't necessarily thrilled with this whole gig economy thing, despite the fact that it's like, you know, really taking off and it seems to be the wave change for the future. Talk to us about what you don't love about the gig economy. Yeah. You know, it's hard being the new girl all the time. Um, if you've ever been the new kid in real life, it feels the same way. It feels the same way. You're constantly onboarding. You're constantly looking at your 30, 60, 90. You're constantly figuring out the politics, um, of the organization you work with. You're constantly figuring out where do I find the thing? Those things can impede just getting down to business to do your best work. I think psychologically, there's a difference in how you might be treated among the team if someone hasn't made an investment in in you. And when I've worked in situations where I'm onboarding, I'm I'm frequently onboarding with others who are full-time for one reason or another. And when the meeting ends, I leave and they stay because then they start talking about benefits at 401k. There's something psychologically that shapes those things. Interestingly, at Netflix, Netflix uh, culture is very well known for lots of different reasons. And they expect you to be resourceful. And if you're there, it's because you've demonstrated that you're a resourceful person. And they put all of their information, basically, they use G Suite. So you are the captain of your own ship. You're the steward of your own role there. Your role is constantly changing. It's up to you to find what you need to get your work done. And there's a lot of things they do to support that. However, my email address at Netflix was different. And that precluded me from having a lot of that information at my fingertips. And especially when you're onboarding, when you're new anywhere, you don't know what you don't know. I had some more blind spots. I guess that's a way to put it. When you're a gig worker, you you have wider blind spots. You need to be aware of your blind spots. And uh, those things become a, a, a challenge to just... Um, just taking off and, and, and getting your work done and making a contribution. So you're like a satellite in some ways around the rest of the team that shows up in some unexpected ways. It's just sort of one of those things you just roll with the punches and you navigate around. Very early on, I was, I, I knew I was weird. I asked for a green screen for my 10th birthday and I made really bizarre YouTube videos. And um, I also grew up with a lot of people telling me that a lady is supposed to be this kind of person. I had a lot of old fashioned people who wanted me to be very clean cut and didn't like a lot of my jokes that I thought were really funny, but they would not laugh at. So I I kind of had to learn that I don't need someone to laugh at my jokes for them to be funny. If I think they're funny, that's enough. And once I really accepted that, that's kind of when I embraced it because I'm everything I do, I do for me, not like everything. I'm not like this crazy selfish person, but just in my behavior, I'm not acting for anyone else anymore. I'm acting for myself and Teachers are so critical to the health and welfare of our own well-being. And there's this book I read a million years ago, and it really stuck with me, called The Power of Positive Students by William Mitchell. And he was an African-American gentleman in an urban setting who decided that kids' self-worth was related to their academics, which was related to teachers investing in them. And the story is incredible. They've had movies that are very similar about these real-world stories that we see in other parts of the country and even in the world 
world. So let's invest in students. If you're a teacher listening, thank you for your work and your contribution. If you're a student at any age listening, think back to those teachers that really made an impact on you and let's not ignore them because they are doing selfless work every day. And let's face it, they are not paid well. Exactly. And conversely, I've had some, I had a teacher tell me I was the stupidest person they've ever met. So that also sticks with you probably just as much as the positive stuff. So also kind of learning from a young age that just because one person thinks you're the stupidest person that they've met in their life, another person's going to think you're the smartest person that they've ever met in their life. So don't take their word as gospel because very well may not be true. It most, it probably isn't. Stay with that for a minute. And when someone says something really toxic to you, wouldn't you say it actually has an even greater impact than when someone says something good? We're hard on ourselves. Yes. Um, especially on TikTok. I have so, not so many comments that are really hard to read, but I get a pretty good handful. And quite honestly, I'll read one comment calling me fat and that will negate 50 comments telling me I'm beautiful. And it's very hard to separate that. And I've really had to come to terms with that and say, they don't know me. They're probably just scrolling on TikTok, having a bad day. They have never seen me in my life. They came across my video and just needed to take their anger out on someone. So it's, it, it's something that not a lot of people have to deal with. And so it kind of feels isolating because most people don't go around their daily life and having messages on their phone saying you're fat, you're ugly, you should shut up. Um, but I do. And that's something I've really had to learn to deal with, which I don't really let get me down anymore. I, I have, um, highly, my roommate do my comments for me. She reads them and responds to them because I still want to have that engagement, but I don't want to have it affect me quite honestly. So that's settling smarter right there, because clearly everyone can hear you're smart. That's being smarter about what affects you and impacts you and what doesn't, and still coming up with a solution. I always like to say, if you're not part of the solution, you're only part of the problem. Well done. Why did you take on Shape Warrior? And what does that mean? And what has the response been like in taking on Shape Warrior? And thank you for doing it. Of course. So I did not own Shape Warrior until literally two months ago. I, it was late at night and I was like, I want to try skims. I'm just going to do it. So I purchased the the high-waisted brief and then I forget about it. It arrives a few days later and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to try this on my two of my other roommates, Hailey and Lauren were up in the upstairs with me when I tried it on. And immediately we just bust out laughing because I looked ridiculous. Like I looked like I was an adult sitting in a kitty swing naked. Like my stomach was splurging over the top. My legs were busting out. It was hilarious. And I was like, not many other women have girlfriends like this to laugh about this. And that's why a lot of people aren't talking about it. So I was like, I've already made some questionable TikTok content in the past. Why not just post this? I literally made it in five minutes, posted it, forgot about it. And then I came back and it now has 11 million over, I think it has 12 million views now, which literally I've had videos get like a million, two million views before, which is insane in its own, but to surpass that to the amount it's had insane. And so from there, I've started this series called the shapewear Olympics because I want to ride this out, but I don't want to like beat a dead horse. I don't want to just narrow myself into the skims area and then just become irrelevant. I want to branch out more because shapewear is something not a lot of people talk about and people don't talk about it because it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to admit that you have to have help to make you look 
a certain way that you want to look. Um, and so this Shapewear Olympics is me trying a whole bunch of different brands and putting a comprehensive review out, but I'm very intentional in not inserting too many of my opinions, just inserting observations. So people can make their own decisions. They can look at my video and say, Oh, I really like how this looks on her. And the way that she describes it fits my needs. So I'm going to buy it. And so that's how I've taken this. So I'm, I'm very excited with how it's moved on. The go me moments are the perfect example of settling smarter yet. Of course, nothing's perfect. So let's talk about the imperfection around celebrating yourself. Why is it hard? It can be hard for a lot of reasons. I think I think one of the things that can be really hard is even though sometimes when I do cross off one of those small things, I see that massive thing sitting there waiting for me. And sometimes I use it as a way to sort of like avoid doing the big thing. And I'm like, okay, well, I got all these other things done and that's nice. And then I, and then it really does, it weighs on my mind in a different way when I have that big thing waiting for me, whether, you know, and oftentimes that big thing for me is a project for school that involves a lot of coding or data analysis or something along those lines that I know is going to take a lot of my time, a lot of my mental energy and, um, just may drain me to, to do. And so, uh, those are the moments that I think it gets really hard for me. Thank you for your authenticity. This Mm -hmm. is the authentic season and people are sharing their stories, successes, and failures, little F's and failures for the Settle Smarter community. They know all about that from last season. And Jordan, you know all about that from working with me on our pet projects, especially our Infinescape beloved brand. And we'll be plugging that in this episode as well, because we do want to really get people supported and inspired and finding different ways to connect socially, emotionally, and practically. So your example is very practical, which is, you know, you load that plate and then you spin those platters. And before you know it, you're depleted. You've taken on one too many things. And then the big thing staring you in the face is totally overwhelming, right? So all the celebrating in the world isn't going to help that. So what what do you do then? How do you rejigger, rejuggle those plates? Oftentimes it means that I really need to clear out a night. I need to, whatever that night may have planned, I need to clear it out. I need to get myself mentally prepared to, to, to dive into you. Cause usually again, it usually is a, a school project. I need to, I need to mentally prepare myself that, that, okay, this is going to be hard. Um, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm going to struggle <laughs> and I just, I, I wipe out a bit of time and it, sometimes it's tough because sometimes that means that I had a plan with a friend or I wanted to go to dinner or I wanted to do something social and I have to just get rid of it to, um, unfortunately get myself into a better place to even be social because, when I go to these social events, you know, if I go and hang out with a friend or I, or my boyfriend or someone, it, it, it weighs on me and I'm not as present if I didn't, if I didn't get something that I need to get completed done. And so ultimately make clearing out that, that time that may mean I have to cancel or something. It does help me be more present in my situations with my friends. It helps me, um, get to a better mental place about finishing that project. Um, 
yeah. So I would say that's really, that's really what I'll do typically. So trade-offs. Absolutely. Unfortunately. Yep. (laughs) So let's dive into that for a few minutes, which is the trade-offs we make that help enhance the way we show up, which is really what I heard you saying. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about telling our listeners in terms of being brave and actually using that authentic language with people, I am mentally, physically, emotionally depleted. I'm staring a deadline in the face. I would love to go for dinner or even be on the phone for an hour with you or on endless video chat. However, I I don't have it in me and I won't be very present. How do you feel about just coming out and saying that? It's hard. It's really, it is a hard thing to do. Um, And sometimes I'm not the best at it for sure. But I think that ultimately when, you know, when you do say it, it is better. I mean, it's better to just say what you're going through, I think. And people are understanding, especially given that they know you and they know all the things that you're juggling at once, you know? And, and so, especially if you're somebody who wouldn't do this normally, or this isn't really part of your, your, your personality per se, and you, and you have to cancel on, you know, because you're just so unbelievably overwhelmed, usually people are understanding or even, you know, especially if it's like with my boyfriend, he's really willing to help. So, and that may be a boyfriend, it may be a friend, it may be anybody. And they're actually usually willing to say like, you know, is there any way I can help out? Is there any way, you know, is there, we can, we can schedule a time and way in the future that's much better for you. Or they're really usually quite accommodating. So while it is really hard sometimes, and I, I do struggle with it. I don't think that it's ever been that unsuccessful to just tell anybody, you know, to tell somebody the truth. Which is harder for you, asking for help or receiving help? Uh, Asking for help because receiving help, people like to help and, and, and that's okay. And I don't, you know, I, I, I don't mind having help, but asking for it because I do, you know, I'm, I'm very stubborn. I feel like I can do everything by myself. I, you know, I know that I can do many things by myself and, but would it lighten the load if, you know, I actually accepted, accepted or asked? I mean, cause also I will say accepting is hard too. Even harder is saying, Hey, Hey, can you help me with this thing? That's like, that's like, tricky territory for me. (laughs) Very tricky territory for me. Your honesty is refreshing and (laughs) I guarantee you, you are not alone. And every listener, we can't see it. They're nodding their head up and down. Yep. 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 I love, I wish I had somebody coaching me through this because it was really just this, this meant this battle I was having on my own in my head, you know, of, and, and I really did take a very deliberate approach to going, okay, what do I love doing? And I'm going to do more of that. And I'm going to, you know, at the time I, I could, I could, you know, allow others to do some, some of the work now I'm by myself. Right. And, um, I think that's where the struggle gets real and, and where, uh, I have had some really great learning lessons in my first year of, of, of honing in on 
all the things that bring you joy. And, and, uh, I, I, what I've done, um, in my business is sign partnerships, you know, with, with organizations that love to do the stuff that I don't, you know? And so you can take, it's, it's not just about delegating, right? Because, you know, when you have a business, you can take delegation to a new level. You can sign a partnership, deal with somebody that compliments you really well. You can, um, and, and, and I think that's what we undervalue when we're thinking small, and, and I certainly, you know, nowhere in my, I, I did not think that I'd be opening my own business at almost 50 and, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, the tail end of my, you know, forties and opening an own business and, and being on video all the time. And, and I certainly, certainly didn't think it was going to be possible. And that was because I very much put limits on what I thought was possible for myself. Yeah, that's such a good point. We put limits on ourselves. And then sometimes we somehow assumptively believe those are societal limits or familial limits or friendship limits. And it's actually, it's us, isn't it? Totally us. And, you know, if you look at, you know, regardless of what industry you're in, society sort of puts those there, right? You have, you have a recruiter, you have a lead recruiter, and then you have branch manager, and then you have senior branch manager, right? And then there's this right here, right here you know, the, the top of the position, right. And then there's the CEO and maybe someday you'll be CEO, but you don't know. And, you know, it, it's, it's just, we've sort of put all of these like visual limitations, operational limitations, and it's nonsense. It's nonsense. It's incredible how much energy we waste worrying about things that aren't real. However, they feel very real in yeah. the, heat of the battle that we're in with ourselves. They really feel real. Yeah. I mean, I I remember going, Oh, I want to be a VP so bad. Like, I I mean, why? And I can't, I, I, I go back to that thought pattern and I go back to that desire and I remember wanting it so bad. And then when you get it, um, nothing really fundamentally changes. <laughs> and you're like, well, that was anticlimactic. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just got a lot more work for the same pay. <laughs> and <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I, we think we, we, we romanticize these things in our brain that if I could just reach it here, everything else would be fixed. And that's not the key. The key is you got to fix you. I think you and I both know that. And along the way, this, this peeling of the onion, as we, we say, has been really figuring me out too. Right. And, and it is an evolution. Um, and it doesn't happen overnight. Nobody should expect that it will. And I, I think that, I think that there are a lot of self helpers out there that sort of evangelize this message that you're going to have the aha and that puts so much pressure on the listener to have the aha. And it's never, you know, I've had these small little epiphanies, um, but nothing that snap, you know, that was like lightning. It's been just this slow awakening. John, when you moved home, there's no place like home. Was it like a Dorothy moment? Would you say it was, you know, something that you realized was going to be really good for you? Was it a struggle? Talk us through moving home. Not everybody's in your boat. 
So home has always been a huge part of my life. I've never lived farther than an hour and a half away. And I came home a lot over the last couple of years, especially New York, New Jersey, in and out all the time. Um, But at that point in time, I didn't know what to do Um, with the virus. I didn't know what to do, you know, with work going away. And I just remember my dad saying, if you're not working, get out of there. I, I, I would feel better with you being home. And it ended up being the biggest blessing because I had more, more space. I could go outside. I also have like a dance studio in my family's basement. Like I was having a good old time, but um, it was all in distracting myself from the fear of not working again, not knowing what I'm going to do next with my life, with unemployment, with all of these um, monsters outside. It was so much safer and cozier for me. So this year's podcast, we made a very conscious choice to dedicate the voice time to LGBTQ plus community, to young up and coming women and entrepreneurs. We're really getting away from people like me who are very privileged. Granted, we've worked our asses off. It doesn't matter. We're very privileged. And most of us are executives leading our lives with a rear view mirror, not as much as a forward look. And so for young up and coming people and people that don't always have the share of voice, we really dedicate this time and space to you this year. So what are you looking forward to given everything you've already gone through? I'm looking forward to a fresh start, a fresh start, new energy, and especially going into the month of pride. For me right now, pride doesn't manifest in just going out to bars and parties and, you know, singing Gaga at the top of your lungs, even though that's fabulous. It's feeling so grateful for what you've just lived through and gone through and having the pride to be the authentic version of yourself in this new rebounding chapter. Settle Smarter was produced by New Dog Media in association with Phoenix Fifth, who are solely responsible for the content. If you love the show, please subscribe, tell your friends, and give it five stars wherever you listen. We are available wherever you hear your podcasts. Check out the show notes for info on today's guest, as well as all things Dana Look Arimoto, her latest book, speaking engagements, and how to contact her, or give us comments about the show. The show is edited and recorded by Paul Godwin, who also composed our theme music. For Dana Look Arimoto and the entire Settle Smarter team, this is Paul Godwin saying, see you next time.